You'll see the light. Uh. Key to life. Money, uh. power, respect. What you need in life. Yeah. Money, power, respect. What you eating right. Money, power, yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah, my whole clique bout it, bout it. We take yours while you pout about it. Truck, step out, the whores wanna crowd around it. You can see me on Optimum TV. On your bathroom, turn the light out, scream, Bloody Mary. One, two, three, chic ain't your usual friend. But I can set you up like Kaiser and walk straight at the end. I'm done with ice and chums. I'm trying to ice my whole casket when I'm gone. Pull up with class on the dawn. Once I meet him, I greet him. Kiss his feet for freedom. Tell him thank you, Lord. Cause on earth I was getting bored. Now resurrect me back to this cat or sheep. So I can make this album and get back the cats that's me. 2.30, 6.2. Me punch for you, that's like a cat versus a pit bull. Gun, no flip bull. Keep hunger and plan for the future. Cause you figure you're gonna be older. Way longer than you're gonna be younger. Eat a lie. Money, power, respect. What you need in life. Money, power, respect. What you eating right. Money, power, respect. Sleep at night. First of all, I think we can all agree that Rent was absolutely due the day that Little Kim was reciting that chorus. It still hits hard to this day. Secondly, she told no lies, especially in how America, and in particular the three pillars of American political ideology, works. First, you get the money. Then you get the power, and afterwards comes the respect. But before we get into politics, I want to talk to you about gardening, in particular, roses. Now, I know some of you are thinking, what is he talking about now? Well, for many of you, by the time you indulge in this podcast, it will be February, the month of love and affection. And the flower that most embodies this feeling, well, is the rose. But did you know that the rose is in fact an invasive species? Yes, not only is it beautiful, it is also territorial and hard to maintain. They say that if you plant a rose bush, do not expect anything else to grow around it. Now, that of course is being hyperbolic because of course certain plants can grow around a rose, but not too many, only particular ones. They essentially dominate the flora in the area and prohibit most flower species from growing in its vicinity. What does that have to do with politics? Well, I'm glad you asked. Oftentimes, when a younger person dives into politics, they are full of life and vigor. Their ideals are front and center, and nothing, not even reality, can diminish the purview of the beautiful American experience called politics. They're literally blooming with hope and expectations. But then something happens. As they continue to grow in both their interest and knowledge of politics, that youthful idealism starts to die. It's not abnormal for a person to grow disillusioned with how the way the world works, especially in government. Politics is the rose of our American culture. From the outside, the structure of its three branches of government is beautiful. But as you get closer and evaluate the, um, the environment surrounding it, you come to realize how very few things around it can thrive and remain just as beautiful, including hope. Not to mention maintaining the beauty of politics can be a thorny issue, pun intended. Our first guest of season three, Uncle Tobias, grew like a rose from the concrete of political hardened expectations. Shout out to Tupac. His political rise came in almost the same exact way. He announced his candidacy for Congress with an unbelievable fundraising advantage, this advantage coming from his previous organizational affiliation and advocacy. Then, with that money, he was able to exhibit the power of his candidacy, the money being the main amplifying force of his message. And because of his money and the power, the respect of his candidacy grew, validating his cause despite his obvious youth and political experience. In fact, one can say that it was his youth that was his greatest appeal especially in an institution, Congress and politics in general, that bellows on tradition and not necessarily evolution. Our guests showed that his generation has something to say and demands to be heard. 
The task for Congressman Frost is can he maintain his youthful idealism that made his appeal in candidacy possible, or will the roads of politics destroy what made him so special? That is ultimate question on his journey, and just like little Kim, this being the first month in which he can actually uh, cash a congressional check and get lodging, notating his most documented issue thus far of not being able to afford an apartment yet in the month of January, the rent, both proverbially and literally, is due. Welcome to Culture Bias Podcast, Season 3. I'm your host, Kamara Williams. All right. All right. Congressman Frost. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Yes, thank you yeah. for being the first guest on on Culture by Season 3. Congratulations on Season 3. I appreciate it, appreciate Most it. Most pod stop after Season 1. Uh, I so understand it's... why, <laughs> yeah. uh, because there are a lot of yeah. work. Yeah. Um, and we were kind of talking before we started recording mm-hmm. um, that my, I had a beef with you. Yeah. Because you took away my favorite uh, co-host, uh, guest, uh, Jason Henry. Yep. He was a guest. He's a, actually a prominent guest on my podcast. Always got a lot of um, uh, commentary, but yep. he joined your staff. Yeah, yeah. He's our district director now, and you know we're we're excited and honored to have Jason on the team because you know he 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 knows the community. Yeah. He's been serving already, and yeah. he knows you know how how the city government works, how a lot of different government works. Our deputy district director Sarah Badri worked in the county government, mm. and you know for me, like shout out to Sarah. Yeah, shout out Sarah. Yeah. And so for me, and you know I ran on this is like being really connected with the community grassroots, but also working with the different municipalities we have going on. Yeah. And I'm not an expert on city politics. I'm not an expert on county politics, and you know, I come from the staff side and you realize, you know, you have the the face as the politician, yeah. but really a lot of that work is done from the staff. And I, I believe best leaders when you're staffing, you staff up where, where you have those voids, right? Where you yeah. need that expertise and people who are aligned with their values. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we're doing that on the district team and in DC too. So I'm feeling good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like I said, I was uh, just before we started recording, I was telling you how um, a lot of times the politicians, you can tell the outlook or the framework of their vision based mm-hmm. on who their staff is. Yep. You have some of your colleagues in Congress, won't name any names. Um, their primary their primary staff is nothing but PR professionals. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of tells you, okay, what their appeal is or yep. what their outlook is. They're trying to get as much TV time as possible. They're not really trying to you know institute any real fundamental change. Yep. Um, the fact that your, the structure of your staff is community-based people yep. uh, bodes well, and it was like a lot of respect. So... Um, I just no, want to say, it. yeah, and it keeps me grounded too. Cause I'll be honest, like, you know, you, you get elected, you go to orientation less than a week later, yeah. you're in DC for a week. And I'll, I'll tell when I got back after that week, I sat down and I was like, wow, I understand why people get lost and they lose themselves up there. Mm-hmm. I'm not excusing it, but no, I yeah, get it. Cause yeah, it's yeah. its own world. You know, you yeah. go to D, it's its own world, its own politics, whole other city, all this going on and having staff here who keep you grounded. Right. right. And DC to keep you grounded in your community keeping you updated on what's going on and make sure that when you come here, you're busy. I mean, yeah, I flew in Friday, late night, Saturday, yesterday we did like, I think it was seven or eight events all across the, you know, all across the district. Wow. And so, and that's because of our district staff that are yeah. like, you know, keeping your ear to the ground, figuring out this is where you should go. And then we, and then we do it. So it's really important. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things again, this, and I hope you keep the same energy yeah. um, because uh, you just came from an event, mm-hmm. and you know, um, hence why you're so Natalie attired, and I'm dressed like came from church, um, yeah. and I'm dressed for brunch, <laughs> right? And so, um, I mean, that comes after church, so right, yeah. that's true, yeah. that's true, you know. But uh, you know, it's staying on the ground and making sure that you're connecting with the community, exactly. You know, so that's um, that's great. So let's let's talk about that first month. Yeah. Um, by the time people hear this podcast, it'll be in February, so you've yeah. already had a month 
into or ideally into that seat. Yeah. Um, you came in with some like it was like almost some controversy with the the speaker. Yeah. So yeah. let's from from your purview, like give us like the ground up, like what was happening. What was happening? Okay. So you know, it becomes you know New, New Year's Day. I'm in D.C. I'm with my girlfriend a little early. We're getting set up. We were flying a ton of my family up from here. You know, I got my friends coming from across the country. Staff coming. Everyone's there. You know, I get sworn in in the morning with the Black Caucus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a ceremonial swearing first. What was that? Um, Let's let's, let's not speed through that. Like, what's that? Walk me through that one. So the Congressional Black Caucus does their own swearing in every year. Um, that is before or every two years. That's before the actual one. So yeah. it's not the it's not a real swearing in. It's a ceremonial one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, but it's so it's beautiful, and I'm so glad we we did it because of the mess with the actual swearing in. Yeah. And the, what for people who don't know, for the actual swearing in, you actually only get like two tickets for that. Oh. So yeah, yeah, you only get two tickets for it, and you have to. I, I was able to get three, asking some other people, but you only yeah. get two. Yeah. And so, and it's a very quick thing. It's not as like grand as you may think it is. Yeah. So. The Black Caucus, you know, after years of seeing that, was like, we need to do something for our members that's grand that they can yeah. invite their family to. So you get like 20 tickets for the Black okay. Caucus. Oh. So we went and brought friends and family, and it was beautiful with, you know, it was in a great music venue, music, food, um, and just really celebrating things. You know what the funny thing is, though? They had a Black Caucus is big on seniority. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah. I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're sitting on stage, and we have different rows of seats yeah. and, and by seniority. And I go, I'm in the last row. Yeah, I'm a freshman. Cl- clearly. But you know who else is in the last row with me? Who? Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock. Oh, he's, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's yeah, he's lower on seniority. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, even a, though, he's a junior con a junior uh, senator in yeah. Georgia. Yeah, but he, but I mean, but he's a senator. But, right, right, right. But, but Black Caucus. It's all about seniority. It don't matter yeah. what position you hold. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think even Hakeem's seat was in the second row, and he's the our leader. Yeah, but uh, wow, yeah. But it, but but I also respect it too, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so it, it was a little funny to me. I was sitting back there, and <laughs> yeah. Um, and so no, but it's a beautiful ceremony with great great music and food, and it's about love and joy and what it means to be black in the country, but also black in the Congress. And mm. I think a lot of times, you know, people don't talk about it, and uh, it's it's great to talk through those wins and how we do better. So that was the first part of the morning. Yeah. It was bright and early, and then at noon we get into the chamber. Um, expecting to be sworn in. And the way it works for people who don't know is you have the last Congress gets yeah. adjourned. That's yeah. the first thing you go in at noon. They adjourn the last Congress, which yeah. means technically there's no members of Congress anymore. Yeah. 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 Usually that'll last five minutes because yeah. we elect a speaker. Yeah. And then not five minutes, but it lasts a little bit of time. We elect yeah. a speaker yeah. and then we get sworn in and the next Congress starts. Right. Nothing happens until the speaker is sworn in. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we're there doing the votes and then we find out that McCarthy didn't have enough votes, right? He lost five. He could only afford to lose four. Yeah. So then it's a bunch of drama and everyone's like, Oh my God. And they're like, let's do it again. Then he lost 20 and then began, began the drama. And yeah. Four days of votes, 15 votes. The last vote was at 2 AM on a Saturday night. And that's when I got sworn in. Yeah. And it was wild. And in that time, there's no rules in Congress. So people bringing their friends on the floor, people wearing T-shirts. Oh, people. Oh, yeah. 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 So w- before the speaker, after the speaker gets sworn in, then you, yeah. you agree on the rules. Yeah, there is yeah. no rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are, you know, <laughs> doing whatever. <laughs> but uh, it was intense. But but I will say that it also it's sad because like this is our job. You yeah. know what I mean? And it, it really pushed our office back and delayed us in getting set up. Mm. Um 
but either way, we're here. Yeah. And uh, and blessed to be part of Congress anyway. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's a couple of things I want to uh, peel back from that, because number one, um, just to kind of be in that. First of all, you got a great story. You're right. You know, just say my first act of Congress was something historic that's never been done ever yeah. in the history of this country yeah. where the Speaker of the House. Like, it took like how many times? Like 20? 15. 15. 15. OK, votes. 15 times. The last time something similar happened was 100 years ago. But this yeah. is the longest it's taken. Yeah. Most of it. And uh, yeah, I mean, it just goes to show that there's a lot of dysfunction. Yeah. On the, on the Republican side of Congress right now. Was there ever a moment? I know this is like it wasn't going to happen because. You know the the makeup of the congressional body, but was there ever a moment where uh, Hakeem uh, Congressman Jeffries? Yeah, you know he runs that he's he's running a tight ship at you know based on um, this is tutelage from uh, yeah. Congressman Pelosi mm-hmm. and understanding counting the votes. Was there ever a point it was like uh, he might actually get the Speaker of the House because we can actually pull some Republicans? Yeah, so. Leadership was always honest that that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But those, I mean, but then they'd always say, but no one thought this would happen. Right, you know, right, like right, the right. whole situation. Right. So it could have been possible. I mean, I do think if it would have kept going yeah. uh, further and further and further, uh, that would have become more and more possibility because a lot of the very moderate Republicans were getting really fed up with the whole thing. Mm. Um, but, the you know, another option would be, you know, if McCarthy came up to Leader Jeff Reese or some of these moderate Dems or yeah. and said, hey, look. If we get five of your votes, we can clear this up and move. You know, I'd expect Le- Leader Jeffrey, he don't mess around. He probably would have been like, all right, well, we need half the committee chairmans. We yeah. need the, you right, know, right, like right, right, right. the laundry list. But McCarthy didn't do that because he, he knew that the deal was going to be steep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so he held in, and uh, he's the weakest speaker in the history of our country. Yeah, yeah. He gave away most of his powers to this Caucus. far right. Yeah, 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 the Freedom Caucus. Yeah. It's really a, a group of fascist folks in Congress. Yeah. And uh, and they can they're holding him accountable to their agenda. Yeah, this is what happens when you um, you gotta you know be careful about the uh, the bedfellows that you create in in power. Yep. You know, like yep. you're creating these alliances in order to get to where you want to get to, but then you yep. know the rent is due, yep. right? And you know, um, you know, and so you're you're now beholden to these promises that you made. Exactly. You know, and I'll tell you the the thing that he gave up that's really important here is usually there, to have a motion to vacate the speaker, yeah. it takes a, a, a lot of Congress. I'm not sure what the exact number is. Yeah. And one of the concessions he made is that in the rules now, it only requires one member to make a motion, motion to vacate. Oh. And that whole thing we just went through, wow. we do it again. Wow. So get this. Let's say there's a bill coming up, and the yeah. Freedom Caucus, they want it to be more right-wing, yeah. and they want this and that, and McCarthy isn't budging. They can go, okay, yeah. motion to vacate. And then they just need five of those members to hold the line. And then again, we don't, we don't have, a, you know, the whole, it's the whole thing again. And they can hold up the entire Congress like that. Wow. So it's weird, right? Cause I'm going to, I'm like two sides of it. Like in one way, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's messy, petty, you know, messy, petty. Right. But in the other way, I'm like, I kind of, if Democrats, once Democrats uh, uh, assume power yeah. in the um, Congress, right. In house, um, it's kind of showing that, you know, for those on a certain progressive wing or left wing group, yeah. they can hold truth to power to those who are, you know, more senior. Yeah. You know, and so, I mean, I don't know if that's ever like that even came into your mind, but like, OK, you know, there is a way, although I'm low man on the totem pole, there is some way I can still institute some of my ideals from, you know, my generation. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, you know, this is something I've been thinking about, too. I think. 
it's it's a very like it's a huge action right yeah. um yeah. and obviously they got a lot of concessions from their speaker they also weaken their party as a whole yeah um and and i think a lot of times you just have to weigh those different things weigh the battles you know yeah. what i mean weigh it and figure out is it is is this the right thing right now yeah and um but no, I, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. And there's more tools beyond that, right? Right. Um, I think the a, a good thing about our party is I think we have an opportunity to really build things up in a very natural way, mm. where instead of it seeming like we had to throw stones to get in, it was a natural evolution to the values we hold. Yeah. Now, that's really, you know, that, that's very optimistic, and obviously we're still going to have to, like, fight, yeah. and they're still gonna, we're still going to have to hold people accountable. Yeah. But... I mean, my freshman class is the most progressive freshman class in the history of democratic politics coming to Congress, mm. the youngest and the most diverse. Yeah. Um, and that for me shows a trend that we're going in the right direction. Yeah. Not absolutely. fast enough at all, but right. But I see it. So you mentioned like in, um, for the black caucus, I think this, you know, goes for Congress in general. Um, it's a very senior based, um, house, a senior yep. based body. And so like, how does that feel? But like, all right, I'm coming in and I have to carry, you know, the weight of my entire you know, g- generation because you're the youngest uh, member mm-hmm. in the house ever. And so, like, I have to carry that. And it's like, how do I carry the hopes and ideals of, yep. you know, my generation? I know no, you know, no pressure. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> right? No. But like, how do yeah. I carry that into a very uh, senior body that is beholden to tr- tradition? Yeah, no, uh, this is something I think about a lot, but I will say I I don't see my, well, first I'm at, technically I'm not the youngest member ever. Okay. Uh, you know, our founding fathers were like 21, 22. So there used to be a lot of very young members of Congress, but I am the youngest right now. Yeah. Um, but I don't see myself as a representative of my generation, to be honest. Okay. Um, I see myself as a representative of district 10. Okay. I think that when you're the first of a generation in an institution like Congress, it's worth celebrating, right. but I don't go to the table and go, you know, time to advocate for gen z right. you know what i mean right i go as my authentic self which means i go as a young person in this country i go as a gen z or i go as a black person i go as a cuban person i go mm-hmm. as being born and raised in central you know what i mean mm-hmm. i bring all the parts of me yeah and that creates the lens in which i see the legislation the arguments etc right um but as far as gen z is concerned like the you know the thing i'm thinking about is i'm one in a broader movement i think like representatives representatives of our generation are you know, everybody, right? Uh, media, people, leaders in clergy, leaders yeah. who are teachers, influencers, artists, you know, we all collectively represent it. Yeah. But there's, you know, generation is, uh, you know, it's not monolithic, right? There's right. so many different. And what I can bring to bear is like my experience as a young person in this country now. But I, I really don't see myself as a representative of the generation. And yeah. I think, you know, it's part, we have the celebrity culture in politics yeah, yeah. that I'm learning about very quickly. Yeah. And I really try to push back against it because something I learned as an organizer is it's not one politician that's going to save us. The system isn't created that way. And also it creates a false like sense of, uh, it just, it's kind of lying to people, right? Yeah. I'm me alone. I, I, me alone. I can't really do much in that body. I'm one of 435 people. Yeah. So what I can promise is that I'll work to build a movement within Congress so we can have the numbers to pass what we need. Yeah. And I can be a leader here in the community. Um, but we need more than just Maxwell Frost. Yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and I always I think it's important that we realize that yeah. we can't we, we shouldn't put the you know our politicians on these pedestals because it, I agree. It, 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 it's just not how the system works. And they will they will let us down. I so agree. I to, yeah. we, we tend to um, in politics, we tend to uh, give politicians this idolatry. 
Um, and we put all our hopes and dreams into this person who's naturally flawed, yep. right? And they're going to fail us, mm-hmm. right? People are going to fail. Like, I mean, I'm not no, going to shade you, but like, you're, you're going to fail us. As, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, like, you know, and I'm not saying you're going to fail, but I'm saying no, like, you're but, saying, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the human nature is is failing, but but the human, you know, human progression is learning how to learn from that failure and grow, Exactly. You know? and, and, you know, I'll say, too, I mean, what we what we would think is a failure comes from what is the foundation of what we believe is the success. And what I mean by that is if we go into it with this that kind of celebrity culture, idealizing someone, mm-hmm. Maxwell Frost is going to change Congress. Yeah. Then if that's your perception, then I will fail you. Yeah. But but what what I'm honest about is the fact that that's not what's going on. I'm one in a movement. Yeah. Um. I do have power and responsibility in my seat, a hundred percent. But I don't see myself as just working for movements and people. Yeah. I see myself as working with movements and people. Yeah. And when I set that, and we get into this fight, even though we might not end up with everything we want at the end of these two years, which yeah. we won't, we're in a Republican Congress yeah. controlled by a lot of fascists. I mean, you know, I'm very honest about it. We're yeah. gonna get good wins. We just yeah. had a good win with Medicaid. I could talk about uh, uh, just a couple, uh, just two days ago, mm-hmm. but. Um, if you see it that way and yeah. we level set together, yeah. then it's not a failure. Yeah. It's work. Right, right, right. And for me, that's like, that's the message I'm trying to get across. No, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, now, you know, it's, it. you are not a celebrity, but you are getting celebrity treatment. I did see that you had the recent Anna Lebowitz from Vanity. Oh, from, yeah, yeah, Vogue. Vogue, yeah, yeah. Vogue. I mean, not a lot of people are getting Vogue. I mean, you know, I, 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 listen, no. I'm not getting, I'm not getting Vogue looks. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I mean, you know, a little bit. Yeah, but little, you got the Gucci on, you know. Like and not, too, not too much on that. Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no, you know, no, that was cool. You know, I, um, I really try to balance things yeah. because look, because of the historic historical implications of my yeah. election, yeah. Um, you know, national outlets want to cover it. Yeah. And uh, what I always look to do is like tie it to a passion of mine, tie it to the district mm-hmm. and do a lot of local press too. And you, and you see, I do a lot of local yeah, 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 yeah. press, um, but I think the national stuff is important too, because it helps expand my profile, which gives me the ability yeah. to, to spread my message further and talk about central Florida more. And the cool thing about that photo shoot is she didn't want me in a suit yeah, or yeah, like yeah. anything. She wanted me to sit at my drum set in yeah. my backyard. Yeah. And that's so, you know, that's so true to who I am. Yeah. Um, and, and that's part of the reason we said, yes, you know, I was like, I want to make sure that if we do a big magazine like that, yeah. it's not like, you know, superficial. That's, yeah. it was also on teen Vogue Yeah, and you know, it's I'm I'm in a CWA bomber, right? Yeah. And CWA is the first union to endorse me here locally. Mm-hmm. So like you know, always trying to find ways to connect it to the movement, yeah. But still utilizing those platforms because it, it can be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to I want to get into your background a little bit in a moment. Um, but I want to say first of all, I'll give you another shout out. The fact that you know, and I hope you again keep this energy of that you maintain uh, the importance of local and state. Um, you know, connectivity with media. Yeah. Right. A lot of times, you know, politicians, um, you try to get them on to the pods or try to get them on. And I'm get, definitely saying my pod. And <laughs> it's like, you have to go through all these things. And I'm like, I literally can just knock on your office door, yeah. you know, but I have to go through all these, you know, little, uh, yeah. uh, you know, barriers even to get you to agree. Yeah. And one thing I do appreciate is that first of all, you know, I text to you. And you were like, yeah, definitely. And you were like, you hit my staff and then, you know, Jason and all that, you know, yeah. and, um, Smith and all that. So it was like, it was, but it was very easy. So I hope you yeah. continue, not just with myself, but people like myself or just other local. No, 100%. You know, because I, I think that 
creates the connectivity as opposed to when you start doing that, you kind of like, you know, it's like you kind of like rise above yep. and then it's like, it's hard to get. And that's not a good thing. No. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like yeah. I, you know, that's why the, uh, local state press media, yeah. that's really important to me. Yeah. And you know, we obviously, we involve staff because there's a lot of incoming right now. Yeah. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, you know, I need that help. And so yeah, they, yeah, help, yeah. they help sort it. Um, but, you know, the sorting should never be a barrier yeah, to yeah, the yeah. end result. Yeah. Um, unless, unless you know, unless you got something where you're, you know, spewing some crazy stuff. And yeah, maybe, absolutely. Yeah, it don't make yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, but either way. Yeah. I just want to make... You're not that crazy, so we're here. Listen, let me say... <laughs> let me say I just want to say uh, I'm on a level of uh, vanity. Yeah, I'm on a level Vogue, of Vogue. Vogue. I'm on a level of Vogue because you know he interviewed Vogue and I he's interviewed Vogue. Hey, so I just want to, you know, saying mine's a little bit better. No, I'm just joking. Uh, so, um, let's talk about your background because yeah, yeah. you have the soul of an artist, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm I have the I would like to think I have a soul of an artist as well. Like yeah. I I love art. I love how music. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, I'm gonna make a music recommendation to you. Yeah. Um, Little Yachty's album. Is it the new? He has a new. Yeah. Album? Let's start okay, here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, I'll check it out. Really, really good. I'll check it out. It's not like traditional hip hop. Okay. Um, it's more psychedelic rock. A little really? Bit. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, yeah. I love yeah. when artists get into that. I love genre yeah. breaking. Like I love when Kid Cudi started. I know a lot of people hated it, but I love Speeding Bullet to Heaven too. I love Speeding Bullet yeah. to Heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I love when people kind of. Yeah. You know, sometimes it don't work for me, but a lot of times with hip hop artists, it actually it ends up working. So, like, honestly, I know this is not where the conversation put to go, but yeah. I, I, it's the art thing. I. I like when artists challenge you. Yeah, yeah. Because I think when it challenges you, it's like you it makes you say, "Am I supposed to like this?" Yeah. Oh, I think I like this because if we're we're so used to the human condition is normality of like, you know, uh, of not changing. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. So like when something challenges you, it's like, "Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to like something like this." Yeah. Yeah. I like this, and exactly. it, it it opens up your mind. Yeah, it also shows you like the through lines of. Like culture and genres that you might not expect. Yeah. So you end up if you see these trends, right? You see yeah. a lot of hip hop artists yeah. when they end up go like genre bending. Most of the time, they bend into alternative rock, yeah. um, or kind of even like this metal feel mm-hmm. because there's like this through line between hip hop and rock, mm-hmm. which has to do not to get too political, okay. but it has to do with breaking against status quo yeah yeah and like you see even travis scott is i think travis scott's a great example because i i yeah. you know i work a lot of concerts and so i've worked like four travis shows yeah. and you go to a show like his and you see his band i mean these are like rock guys these aren't like hip-hop drummers yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? you go like you go see kendrick lamar he's a great band they're all like gospel you know church yeah, guys yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know they're killing it Travis, he has like a rock band and, and you'll, you hear the wailing guitars yeah, yeah. and he's like a rock star. Yeah. And it's like that, it's that kind of through line between the genres. Yeah. And so you kind of see that with different things and it's really cool. Yeah. And like, it, it gives you a better understanding of how these genres kind of work together and how the cultures are actually pretty similar. Right. You know? Absolutely. And it's, to me, I think honestly, you know, and we're going to, you know, you said, I don't want to get too much politics, but I think I actually think politics is the perfect uh, purview of how music can help. Yeah, yeah. You know, because, like, the same way um, we want people to, we, we want to stay the same, but when someone challenges us yeah. to think broader about something, to mm-hmm. think something that we we think we know, yeah. and they're like, they come, they come to our, uh, our, to our face with, well, actually, here's another way to look at something. Yep. Yep. It's like, oh, okay, I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. initially, I was kind of, you know, stiff-armed hesitant. it. You yeah. know, I was hesitant to, like, to, to embrace it, but as I opened myself up to it, 
I'm I'm amenable to it. Yep. And that's whether like you're talking about um, you know, conservative or Republican, yeah. like, you know, or Democrat, progressive, whatever. I'm always, I like to call myself a progressive, mm-hmm. um, but I don't say I'm left wing. Yeah. I'm progressive in that I'm willing to listen yeah. to ideas. I yeah. may not always agree with it, Yeah, but I'm willing to listen to it. And then I can kind of chew out the bones and spit out the meat and, you know, and yeah. spit out the bones and chew the meat and say, or I may take out the entire thing. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. But you know, I'm able to kind of you know um, have some form of uh, dissertation, no, d- uh, d- um, not dissertation. Um, you know, uh, trying to understand like yeah, the kind of what yeah yeah yeah, yeah you know. And there's something that our our uh, progressive caucus chair Pramila Jayapal she talks a lot about the what it means to be progressive. And yeah, really respected because I think a lot we're we're in the, we're in a country right now where everyone's really polarized, even within yeah. like the party. You know, yeah. you'll hear about moderates and you'd be like, uh, then other people yeah. hear about progressives and they're like, Oh, I hate them. Mm-hmm. So, and really what it means to be, what she says is what it means to be progressive is just to be really the first to some of the most forward looking ideas and yeah. advocate for them yeah. earlier yeah. than other folks. Absolutely. It doesn't mean we're better or anything. Yeah. And it, what it also means is we're just stretching the possible. If, if politics is about the art of the possible, yeah. what it means to be progressive is to stretch what it, what possible really means. Yeah. And uh, she says that all the time. And I always think about that. And, you know, because sometimes you get in this work and you'll say the word progressive and it, it turns can sometimes turn people off. Yeah. And as a, you get in as a politician and you really want to work to bring people in. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And sometimes yeah, it might you know, make you throw some words out of your vocabulary. Yeah. yeah. But hearing her always say that, you know, I'm so proud to be a progressive because that's really what it means. It's not yeah. about antag. It's not about any of that. Yeah. It's just about stretching what possible what possible really means in this country yeah. where we have so many resources where everything's possible when it comes down to war yeah everything's possible when it comes down to big money interests yeah why when it comes down to people and social and our, issues and, and social issues yeah. and people just being able to live that's yeah. really it my, my politics is just living your best life yeah <laughs> you know like yeah. so if it, when it comes down to that why is that not possible yeah. that's really what my that's what my politics are all about well you know and again you know sticking on the you know the idea of you being having a soul of an artist, I think it allows you to, you know, be more amenable and open yeah. to different structures of ideas. Yeah. You know, and I think also, I mean, I'm not, I may not put words in your mouth. I'm doing a lot of talking, but no, no, yeah. I, but I, I feel like, first of all, music, I think it's a window to the soul, oh, yeah. the human identity rather. Yeah, music, art. Yeah. yeah art is a, is a is identity to the soul. And I always like to figure out, when I when I meet with people, I'm like, well, what do you li- what do you listen to, mm-hmm. or what what kind of what art inspires you? Yeah, you know, because then I can kind of understand you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, at least try to initially. Of course, yeah. you can understand somebody entirely holistically until you know. But um, yeah, I feel like it allows you to kind of like understand and connect, yeah. right, with people, and then see their what what they account for for beautiful moments in their lives. Yeah. You know, and so I'm assuming. As someone who's a you know big in music and your percussion, yeah, you know, yeah, drums, percussion, yeah, yeah. I, I think like you try to do. You, I mean, I'm assuming do you use like your art background to kind of like connect with people? Oh yeah, oh yeah, all the time. You know, yeah. um, even on the campaign, like yeah. Pride Parade, we rented a rider flatbed truck yeah. and I put like a salsa band on it the first year. Yeah. Second year, we put on a band that was playing. I called it our our white soul year. We had we're doing like ABBA and. Uh, yeah. And and uh, and just stuff like that. 
And then next year we're going to put like probably well, – I'm thinking about doing a go-go band actually. Now, you know, I'm hearing a lot of go-go in DC. DC, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You've got to do that. You've yeah, got so, to do that. So I might do a go-go band. But either way, we're, we're always trying to find ways to integrate music yeah. into what we're doing. And actually, you know, February 16th we're doing a swearing-in ceremony here okay. in Orlando. Everyone's invited. And it'll be at Grand Avenue Community Center at 6, 6 p.m. And we're going to have like two, three, you know, different musical acts too. Oh. So it's really important to me to kind of always have those things together. Mm-hmm. You know, every member of Congress does a yearly community event. Yeah. Ours is going to be like kind of an art-based event. Oh. You know? So it's really exciting. What are you listening to right now? What am I listening to right now? Yeah. There's two things. I'm listening to, there's a band called The Marias. Okay. They have an album called Cinema. Okay. That's on repeat all the time. They're like psychedelic, lo-fi yeah. kind of music you okay. know what i mean and it's a really groove based okay. it's really great stuff and then uh smino he dropped like yeah, last, last yeah, year yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely and, uh, rocking you know, with smino yeah he's like he's a, he's a top tier artist for me yeah so those i've been listening to both of them a lot what is it about their work that you know connect with you smino it's his character uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, like his literal like the character of his voice yeah 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 and uh and just the the beats and like that that type of music you know it's a st louis yeah 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 um it's just it's smooth it's exciting and it's yeah. different yeah yeah and yeah. all those noises going on you know yeah. i grew up my dad makes my dad makes a lot of like kind of more experimental music my dad's a, full, a full-time musician mm-hmm. and so i've always been into that and smino really his beats um and his music and the way he you know fluctuates his voice it's yeah. pretty experimental yeah but it's still it's still like hot you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. still like yeah, bumping yeah. and like yeah. so i love him and then with the marias it really has to do with i mean her voice is just like it cuts okay and they that band they know how to groove you yeah, know yeah. i've seen them live a couple times and they're just like locked in yeah 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 and then you i feel that when i'm in the car and i'm yeah, like yeah, driving you know yeah, what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and so um and i just love the feeling it gives me yeah so that's send, probably why i've been hooked on both yeah send me send me uh the, the yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i'll send you them yeah i want to cool. i want to check them out all right so i have to ask you uh we're gonna get into a controversial portion of this Ooh. yes all right so um Fresh, you were fresh on the block, and then you know, as with being a high profile person and you on, on the campaign, um, you know, Twitter and Twitter is not a real place, you, yeah. we all know that it's not a real place, yeah. but you know, political Twitter was kind of going ham on you a little bit mm-hmm. early on in early January, mm. and um, I did send it to Jason mm-hmm. early on, um, you know, but I know you had so much going on, yeah, that's why I didn't even text you. No, because I was like, this guy's kind of got too much to pull in yeah. direction. But, but it was good to read stuff, you know. Uh, like but, right now, the, a lot of right wing people are coming for me because I posted about the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Video, we'll, but either way, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. in a second. Um, but it was regarding your um, comments on the BDS movement, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, for guys, people don't. It's uh, Palestine and Israel. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is: um, Has your position on Palestine and Israel conflict changed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, for me, it's it, this is an issue that's really new for me. Okay. And still really digging in, and we're gonna keep having conversations with people this year and next year, locally and nationally, to continue to learn about the issue and make sure that, like, you know, what I believe is rooted in my values and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as BDS, and I've seen a lot of misinformation about my position on it. Is I'm not I'm not anti any movement okay. of people unless it's a violent movement, right? Um. What what my what I said about it is that it just the composition of a lot some of the groups involved with it concern me. Okay. And 
it doesn't mean, oh, well, if you engage in BDS, like at the end of the day, we're talking about boycotts. Right. And the way you spend your money is up to you. That's a civil right and liberty. I'd never vote for any anti BDS legislation because I think like it's your first amendment. Right. Right. But in a, in a means to like, you know, achieving peace in that region, because there's certain groups that are part of it that right. are violent. Right. I think it's not, it's not helpful. Right. And it kind of almost works against the, 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 the movement that a lot of people, a lot of folks are part of. So right. that's, that's my, that's my opinion on it. Yeah. So what, one of the things I would say about um, the Palestinian Israel, um, Israel conflict is that um, I believe, and this is the opinions of Kamara Williams, but just strictly the opinions of Kamara Williams, not of Congressman Frost or anybody else. Yeah. I have to get that disclaimer. Uh, you know, it's, I tend to lean on the side of uh, Palestinians and mm-hmm. I tell you why. Um, because from the, again, I'm not there, but from the outside looking in, it, it feels as if, you know, Israeli, um, power structure can tend to be a little bit, um, there's a lot of, uh, cruelty that is shown, you know, from those who are being taken from their homes or being and things of that nature. And, you know, for me as the humanity portion of it, you know, I, I cannot, just sit there and just look at any, it doesn't matter what, you know, religious affiliation, but it just doesn't matter what, um, what religious affiliation. If I see somebody being taken advantage of or, or their, uh, their homes are being, um, you know, taken away from them or their, their lands are being taken away or they're being beaten or persecuted, you know, unfairly. And especially if they're the um, subjugated group, I tend to lean closer to the subjugated more than to those who are, and ideally in power. Now, with that being said, I don't believe you can, I don't think criticism of Israel is aligns with being, you can be anti-Semitic. I think you have to protect your Jewish brothers and sisters and yeah. you have to protect the beautiful faith of Judaism. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, but I think sometimes it gets misaligned when you criticize Israel yeah. for their policies and, and you get and labeled anti-Semitic. You get yeah. labeled anti-Semitic. Yeah. And I'm not, this is where I'm saying the, the views of my, yeah, yeah. you know, for me. Um, but do you find maybe that it's, because I feel like Generation Z, you know, again, you're not representing Generation, yeah. you're representing District 10, but we're just talking as, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, I do feel like Generation Z is leaning more closer to not being on the side of the subjugated than to those who are seemingly in power because yeah. they've lived in they don't they're a p- tyranny on any level mm-hmm. does not mean is, is not appealable to anybody especially yep. with this particular generation do you yep. agree with that yeah 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 no i do agree with that and i think a lot of it too has to do with i mean you know it's just about and this is a cornell west quote that i say all the time seeing the world through the eyes of the most vulnerable yeah and if you see videos online of certain things going on whether it be in you know, whether it be in Israel, Palestine, whether yeah. it be here in the United States, anywhere, yeah. and you see people being treated unfairly yeah. or et cetera, you know, our generation, not everyone, yeah. but I think for the most part, looks at that and goes, you know, what, like, what's going on? Why? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not right. Yeah. And I think that's an important tenet of, of Gen Z and of younger people. Yeah. It gives me a lot of hope for the future, too, because... Folks will be, you know, begin to take power yeah. and use that vision and what they do. So yeah, and I agree. And I think one of the things that we, you know, it gets lost in this political discussion is nuance, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and we'll get into uh, policing, and whatnot. But when I, 
when I criticize America, yeah, it's not because I don't love America. Yeah. In fact, it's because of my love and respect for America and what I know it can do yeah. that I offer criticism. Once I stop criticizing you, mm-hmm. it's because I've learned to like, you know, kind of accept and not even care. Yeah. You know, you rather have somebody that cares than somebody who like it's kind of like, well, you know, it's like a relationship. Yeah. And we're we're in a relationship with with the country. And I say say thing same thing with Israel. I know what Israel can be. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if I criticize those who are in power, you know, yeah. and I'm saying, "Hey, I cuz I love you and I know mm-hmm. what you're capable of." Yeah. In that in the beauty of your you know, of your culture. Yeah. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. You know, and so I just want to make sure I lay, I lay that foundation. This, again, these are my words. These are not of Congressman uh, Frost, no, but, but no, but it's true. And the nuances is, is very important. And yeah. I think, you know, as I continue to learn and lean in on yeah. this, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll continue to learn and lean in. But yeah. th- the way I see it is, you know, I, I want the world that I think should exist yeah. is a world where our Palestinian brothers and sisters and siblings have sovereign land where they can just live their lives like we live our lives here. Yeah. We know that's not going on right now. Right. And uh, where our Israeli brothers and sisters and siblings can live their life too. Right. And I think, you know, it's a tough thing because we're talking about two groups of people who have been some of the most oppressed people in yeah. human history. Yeah. Um, and, um, but it's also important to look at who holds the power and yeah. how do they use the power. Yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, you know, something that a lot of folks struggle with and, you yeah. know, it's something that I'm still leaning in on. I want, yeah. I just want everyone to be safe. Yeah. And I'm not expecting you to have all the answers, by the no, way. No, no, I don't. I don't claim to, but yeah. it's, but you know, and so, and people are passionate about it on all sides because yeah. it's something to be passionate about. It's either your people yeah. or, you know, et cetera. And yeah. so either way, so we'll continue to lean in on it, man. And, yeah. you know, for me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm for two state solution, which means like both yeah. people, yeah, you know, have sovereign. Like we know that's not what's going on right now. Right. And, and I agree. There is a power imbalance. that's not right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, uh, transitioning into, um, I'm sorry, did you, uh, you want to well, ask I was gonna say, you know, and, okay. and something too, that yeah. from the campaign to now that also yeah. changes things is just like, we have to look at the changes in government mm. and things like that. And I will say that, you know, this new more right wing government does concern me a lot. Mm. in israel and not just in israel but like you know we we see a lot of right-wing yeah. folks taking power ac- right. around the world right and um it's just concerning right oh i'm sorry i didn't even it's my fault i sh- i'm assuming people are in the know uh bds means boycott divestment and sanctions yep yeah and so you know people saying boycott israel um divest from israel uh from you know, giving power and money to israel and sanction israel for yep. their um, human rights uh uh, atrocities so but i i one thing i do want to ask you i guess transitioning a little yeah. bit it, well i'm sorry before even i'm jumping around here yeah. uh when you're how did you feel when people were coming at you with that yeah i mean i tend to well when when this specific thing was coming up on twitter um it was during like swearing in time yeah so there was a lot going on yeah and that's why i never uh, text you yeah yeah no yeah. no but yeah. but i did i did see it but yeah. um but i didn't spend a lot of time re- re- you know being in it but i mean no it doesn't feel good right to yeah. have people coming for you like that and there was a lot of disinformation yeah. misinformation out there that's just not true yeah um which specifically to what to do your your position 
Well, not even the some things on the position, but mm-hmm. mainly on like, oh, he was paid money to think this way or that way, and mm-hmm. like it's just like you like people can look at you know records of that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Like it, this stuff is accounted for, yeah, and that just never happened. But either way, mm-hmm. um, and so it's you know it's unsettling to see it, um, but also. But I always think about, and beyond this issue, just on any issue too, yeah. is your, your actions speak louder than words. Yeah, and your votes will will you know show who you are. Yeah, and for me, I feel like you know on this position and a lot of other positions, I'm not you know over here, over here. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Like this is yeah, it's like that nuance is important. Yeah, and yeah. Like I'm trying, I'm viewing things through my values. Yeah, and um, and I just want all people to be safe, happy, secure. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel good, especially when there's, the, you know, some of that disinformation out there. But I think instead of going at people on Twitter yeah. or anything like that, you know, I just, you know, you just got to move forward and, yeah. but be open, be open to people. You know, I, I read, I read that stuff cause it's, I'm a politician now, right. you know what I mean? Right. So, yeah. So first of all, I appreciate you not sk- um, skating away from that question. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to talk about transitioning from, we talk about uh, imposition of power to the subjugated, mm. um, the tragedy of the uh, gen- young man who was yeah. uh, murdered at the hands of five uh, Memphis uh, police. Yeah. And, you know, by the time people hear this technically quote unquote, be old dudes, which is even worse. Yeah. Right. But um, you, you made a, you did a tweet and you talked about uh, white supremacy within policing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to, you know, kind of, do you want to talk about that? Well, you know, I think, you know, because the five officers that, that killed Tyree are, were, were black, we yeah. see a lot of people on the right wing saying, yeah. oh, you know, the liberal narrative is broken or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. And so I'm, I made this tweet and I did, a, I made it a thread originally as one tweet and I, yeah. I saw a lot of people were confused by it. So I deleted it and put it again with a thread yeah. because I want people to understand that, when we talk about things like, you know, black on black crime or et cetera, right, right. Yeah, yeah. that is still anti-black. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. there are systems in place. Police, you know, policing is, is part of that, you know, and policing comes from uh, a foundation uh, that that's built on anti-blackness and white yeah. supremacy. The government is yeah. built on anti-blackness and white supremacy. Absolutely. A lot of the buildings we're in, right? It's yeah. like, so yeah, So yeah. it's just important that we ground ourselves in the fact that our country, yeah. even though we had some great ideals and values, also right. came from a, a place that is anti-black, yeah. which means that that anti-blackness and white supremacy is ingrained even in black folks and people of color. Yeah. And we see sometimes when folks go into institutions and they become yeah. officers of that institution. I don't mean officers, just as police. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. A leader of an institution. Yeah. Um, sometimes you subjugate your own people yeah, yeah, to yeah. that anti-blackness or et cetera or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, here, here's an important thing. When I was in jail for just one night after protesting, yeah. some of the most harsh, like, you know, verbal abuse and just like straight up meanness that I right. got and that right. a lot of the protesters got were from black, black folks, black CEOs. Yeah. Most of them were black. Yeah. Um, I, and like, I see their humanity. I'm not saying all CEOs are horrible people or anything no, yeah. like that, but yeah. the things I experienced in there were anti-black and, yeah. and based on white supremacy. So right. all I was explaining is just because those officers are black does not mean that race is still not involved in this. I agree. And, uh, and it's just important yeah. that we realize that, you know, yeah. it's not, I'm not saying, Oh, it's the fault of all white people. No, it's no. Not, that's not the thing. It's just yeah. understanding where things come from. And the fact that, this brother was black. I just, I just wonder if the situation would have been different if he wasn't. I don't know, but so either way, that that's really what the what the conversation's about, and it's a hard thing to grasp. Yeah, and it's a hard thing to convey over Twitter. 
You know I was, what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, well, Twitter's yeah. not is not the realm for nuance. Yeah. And social yeah. media in, in general, right? Exactly. But I agree with you, right? Yeah. I agree. Like you know, one of the things that you heard people say, oh, and you start to see like, was how can it be? How can you talk about white supremacy when it, all the the um, the guilty are black? And it's like, well, then you don't understand uh, what white supremacy is. Yeah. You know, you don't understand the idea ideology of white supremacy if you think you have to be white to edit adhere to it exactly you know and reality is that you know we are progenitors of white supremacy we're a part of it i'm a progenitor of it just by my you know and just by me being involved in capitalism mm -hmm. and you know capitalism involves a, a is a progeny of white uh supremacy right now not not saying that i'm against capitalism yeah. right we have to understand the reality of it i'm a you know, I'm a product of it, even with my, in, you know, inclusion of trying to be in the democratic process, because yeah. I understand that, you know, power came from the original, um, came not from the subjugated, from those in power. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I so I'm in agreement with that. And yeah. I think it, it, it actually opens up for a better conversation and <laughs> it would allow us to have a better conversation if we had a governor that would actually put yep. a, uh, you know, put classes in place yep. um that you know would allow for us to have history programs now yep. i know this is this is a state issue mm -hmm. but i'm gonna throw some legislation down yeah, you're, yeah. you're a low man on the totem pole yeah and uh but i want to you know is there a way that the federal government can do so and if there is is yeah. there because okay for those who don't understand the federal government can't control the state yeah. you know the state law but they can't control state purse the purse strings of the state yep yeah and so federal. is there a way for you to maybe introduce legislation that says that states should adhere to a basic fundamental idea yeah. you know understanding of history you know of this country yeah and if they do not then they um they will relinquish federal funds that's just an idea no i mean th th that is that is an that's an avenue that can be taken. Yeah, I think the important thing to realize is that you know we're in this Republican controlled Congress, and yeah, so yeah. it just won't, it won't pass. Something like that probably won't pass the House. Absolutely not. But it's not getting it, passed. But it does. But but it doesn't mean it's not worth bringing up because right. a lot of times the longevity of a bill isn't just about oh one you know one two year period. It's right. You bring it up. Mm -hmm. But you know I was just at, I, w I was uh, I was at the White House because they were doing a reception for new members. Brought my mom. Yeah. And um, and I met the secretary of education there mm -hmm. and I brought this up. I said, look, what like what can the administration do? What can mm -hmm. I do? What how can I encourage y'all? How can I work with y'all? Yeah. And he brought up some really good things just having to do with the fact that if a student feels um, uh, abused, bullied, um, anything like that because of a state law in school. It opens up a federal investigation, but there has to be someone to shepherd that. Right. So that's something that we're looking into as well. Yeah. Um, and those investigations, you know, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Yeah. But what it does is it keeps the the spotlight on something. Yeah. And when you keep the spotlight on an injustice, yeah, yeah. it allows you more time to be able to conjure up what the solution can be yeah. and bring like people together around it. And so um, figuring out what that what is that spotlight yeah. could be the you know department of education could yeah. be something in congress but we do need to keep talking about it because it's yeah. white supremacy and it's anti-black and you know. absolutely and i i'll say this um we just we're, we just got done uh with uh kobe's kobe bryant um three-year anniversary yeah. passing happened early in, in january i was in la when he died Really? Yeah, I was visiting. I was visiting a friend. I remember we were just sitting in the kitchen, and I saw, and 
you know, came up on Twitter and I was like, yo, and then we walked outside and it was hundreds of people. It seems surreal. I mean, it was crazy just being there and like yeah. it was hundreds of really thousands of people just in yeah. the streets just yeah. standing and crying and yeah. stuff. I mean, it's like one of the craziest things that I've like one of the craziest moments of culture that yeah. I've witnessed that I've ever witnessed before was just being in L.A. at that time. Yeah, it's, it doesn't feel real. Um, Kobe's taken on he even during his life, he took on a mythical status, but. In his death, you know, you've seen his his stat, mythical status is raised. And yeah. one thing I love about Kobe, and I'm going to relate it to you, um, what I would what I would like for you to do, yeah, yeah. is Kobe did not believe in the failure of missed shots. Mm. He, you know, he was like, take a thousand shots. I'll take a thousand shots. I don't care from over a thousand in the yeah. game, but I'm going to take them. Yeah. I'm not going to just take it. Because, I'm not going to not take a shot because I don't think I'm going to make it. Yeah. I'm going to take that shot. And that's that fearlessness and that mamba mentality. So what I would, I'm saying that for you, I would love, and I can't tell you what to do, how to do your job, you know, but I would love. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I would love for you that when you're in, in your seat, take a thousand shots, mm. but don't be afraid. Like, you know, I'm not going to make any of them. Yeah. I'm not going to make any shots because I'm the low man on totem pole and it's sure. Republican. Like I would love, you know, when you're going for re-election in about a, in about a year and a half, you start that campaign up again. Yeah. I what I want to hear on the campaign trail is, I took a thousand shots up there. Yeah, they got swatted away. I was rejected, but here's all the shots that I yeah. took. Yeah, you know, and I can I can lay them out. Yeah, and I think that creates like this guy's working up there. Yeah. You know, exactly. and we talk about you not being succumbed in celebrity culture. And I don't think you have the, that's not your mentality. Mm -hmm. But I think that helps thwart any of that. Like, yeah. then when this guy's up there, he's taking shots. Yep. You 100%. know, and so, so, I mean, I can't tell you to do your job. No, I appreciate it. You man. know, no, but, it's great. To, it's great. I, it's, I haven't thought about it that way. Yeah. And, th and that is what we want to do. We want to take a ton of shots. I mean, yeah. you just see our group chat. I'm always setting up Jason, Sarah, Yuri, who's my uh, chief yeah. of staff. I always have these like, what? random ideas yeah 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 and sometimes they're like you know that's probably not the best and yeah. sometimes they're like yeah let's do it and uh and you know that culture of ideas like i want to continue that and yeah. actually like doing everything we can yeah. whether it's amendments or yeah. bills or yeah. writing letters you know we we partnered with uh darren soto's office yeah yeah shout out to darren yeah yeah a million people were about to lose their medicaid that they got uh, during COVID, the mm. special expansion. Yeah. Uh, and so we teamed up with, I think it was eight other members of Congress who wrote a letter. And just yesterday, I think it was yesterday, the White House announced that they're going to extend a special enrollment period for a year. Mm. Um, and we were able to do that. And that's a shot we took and it ended up yeah. working. So I think, yeah. you know, those wins are important, but also sometimes you don't win and you come back home and you say, we're going to keep trying. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. It's, it's all of us together. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Most deaf. All right. I'm going to, um, I yeah. know you got to run. So I'm going to ask you a, a, a fun question. Okay. Uh, you got a place to stay yet? I do got a place. <laughs> I do have a place to stay. That's you, okay. This the you, you, I always joke. You were a ho you were a you were a hobo. <laughs> Look, what people what the two <laughs> things people know about me is that I'm Gen Z. Yeah, and that I got denied from an apartment in DC. Yeah, but um, I do have a place. And you know the funny thing is that interview that that the it was an ABC interview that yeah, was a, yeah. that I recorded that a month before. Yeah, like right when I started like orientation. Yeah, and I was freaking out about everything. Um, and so, no, I got a place now. Now it's time to work on everybody else because I believe housing is a human right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the rent is due. <laughs> the rent is too damn high. The rent is too damn high. That's going to be your next, uh, yeah, that's that's be your next campaign thing. But so, listen, uh, Congressman Frost, I really do appreciate you coming not. on, man. Um, you know, 
you, you passed the vibe check with the music. <laughs> I appreciate it. Man. You know, uh, love to have you back on when yeah. you're back in town. Yep. And, uh, you know, best of luck to your endeavors, and we're all rooting for you. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And yeah, February man. 16th, my swearing in, come through. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, anybody listening, if you're listening before February th- 16th, come yeah, through. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. All right, much all right, respect. Thanks, man. Yep, peace. Ah, to be 25 and full of light and have the world of expectations on you. In a lot of ways, I do not envy Congressman Frost. There's no doubt that he's up to the task to deliver his campaign visions and his generation's ideology. The task is complex and difficult, and not unlike stringing together chords of music to create a symphony of sounds that appeals to large groups. The question is, can inspiration lead to progress? Or will he delve into a funk of not delivering what he originally envisioned? I actually relate to the congressman and how his passion for art drives his outlook and direction in life. It's a connecting force that all people who have the soul of an artist use it to tap into the world around them. Art is subjective. And because of the subjectiveness, it can be a window to the soul. Congressman Frost undoubtedly is looking to tap into the soul of the American consciousness and apply the ideals of Generation Z. Will he be successful? We all hope and believe so. And because of his age and the light of hope so evident in his eyes, I couldn't think of a better song to write out to. So, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for indulging in this podcast, Season 3, on Culture Bias. Until the next time. We're out. Love it, man. 25 lighters on my dresser. Yes, sir. I got stuck in paid. We got 25 lighters on the dresser. Yes, sir. We got stuck in paid. I got 25 lighters for my 25 phone. About to break the mic, then break 25 holes. About to rip the track with about 25 flows. And I'm dipping like a Mac with about 25 holes. 25-5, carry diamonds in my brain. 25-12s in the trunk, got the bang. Make moves to make a quick 25 mil. Come up so I can knock off big 9-9 Seville. Got to take me by 25 yellow bones home. Do them bad to make them 25 phone home. Call daddy, tell him 25 got the gold. Damn, beat him, put it down. 25 out the door. Hitting the highway, doing 25 shows. 25 limos, slamming 25 doughs. Representing for those holding 25 screws in their deck. I'm a wreck and rip 25 crews with it. Five lighters on my dresser, yes sir. I got stuck in pain. We got 25 lighters on the dresser, yes sir. 